Does entrepreneurship seem overwhelming? Do you wonder what in the hell you're doing running your own business? You are not alone. Join us as we chat about the challenges, successes, and general hilarity that is the everyday life of an entrepreneur. We're the four consultants behind Coach Lab 360 and decided to get together for a no BS chat over coffee about all things entrepreneurship. We're real. We're not here to glamorize running your own business. We're here to share our highs and our lows, and we'll occasionally drop an F-bomb. We, Brian Roth, Lindsay Turner, Tess Herbert, and Teresa Lambert, each run our own consulting businesses and have had our share of funny stories along the way. Coach Lab 360 was born from a desire to offer support for small business owners across four disciplines, HR, operations, finance, and sales and marketing. Coffee chats are our opportunity to share our personal experiences as entrepreneurs and obstacles we've had to overcome. Please make sure you click the subscribe button on the app store because each week we will drop a new episode to share our stories on all things entrepreneurship. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coach Lab Coffee Chat. Here with Brian, Tess and Lindsay. And we have a pretty fun topic today talking about how to price your services. And I love that topic. Tess just threw that in um, as we were thinking about what we should chat about this week. And literally this week I was on a call with a uh, prospective client who I will, I'm sure, start working with in the next couple of months. And we were talking about pricing, pricing programs. I just asked her some questions. And like so many coaches, and I feel like that might apply to consultants out there as well, um, services are offered by the hour. And what I found particularly with coaching is that really to walk somebody through a transformation or to really help someone, like if it's business coaching, to really elevate their business it's not a one-off conversation. There's a lot of integration that needs to happen. There's a lot of transformation that needs to happen. There's a lot of accountability. And really, as a coach or consultant, you're not paid by the hour. You're paid to help your clients get results. So really, when you're pricing your services, I think, personally, you should price them by thinking about what's that result worth to me? Like if I start to have consistent five-figure months in my business, like 10K plus months, then what is that worth? to my client, rather than being like, I'm charging this much by hour and you can book all these hourly appointments. So I don't know what everybody else's thoughts on that is, but shoot away. I think it changes um, the perspective for the client too, right? I mean, I think if you go hourly and you're undertaking something that's an hourly fee with a consultant, you don't know what that's going to cost you to achieve the result. So if you are pricing yourself on a project basis or, you know, depending if you're coaching, it's slightly different than if you're, you know, marketing services or finance services. But if you are pricing yourself based on a project basis, then it's easy for everyone, right? That budget is there. There's no going over in hours. There's no, um, everybody knows what that is up front. So I think that can be helpful from a client perspective as well. I love both of your points of view on that one. It's interesting because I think the first thing that folks uh, imagine when they want to venture out is how much are they worth per hour? I think it's something natural. I think it's just normal because if they've crossed over from an employee being in a position of being an employee, you have a value per hour, per week, per year. And that's how people 
people's brains work is in what, what will I get paid per hour now? How do I calculate that? Uh, I do know that when I first started venturing out, I had looked up sort of fundamentally a checklist of what does it mean to value yourself? And you actually take into consideration, well, how much does it cost for me to rent my, what used to be office space or how much does it cost for this? And you literally dwindle it down to, all right, I'm going to need to charge at least this much per hour to be able to cover my costs. So for people who are thinking in that way, as opposed to, I guess I'm asking the group a question here, as opposed to how people would normally say, I must be worth this much. I was paid this much. And now this is how much it costs for my overhead. How can they, with a like an actual digit, with a number, how can they come to, well, Teresa's point, how is, what is it worth? What's the end game worth? What is the result worth? And how do they get there when their brains are probably thinking per hour, which is natural. So what do you think, how do you think people would get there? I think that is pretty natural too. Um, I mean, you come from a, a case where, it, you know, if you're, if it's your first stint into consulting or doing independent work, you, you do need to figure that out. Um, and you kind of need to know in both cases, you need to know what, you know, what my costs are, how much it's going to take to cover that. But then you also, you can't ignore the question of what is this, what is the delivery worth to my client? So, you know, hopefully those things kind of align and you can land in a good spot. Um, but you need to make sure that what you're delivering has value um, and that that value is enough to cover and, and take care of, uh, you know, where you want your business to be. Yeah, so quick example on the, um, not the marketing agency, but on the customer care business that we run um, separately, that's exactly how we did the math, right? So customer care local, it's about um, taking care of customer care and inbound calls, emails, et cetera, for small businesses who can't take care of it themselves. Um, it was exactly that equation. It was like, well, what's it going to cost a business to hire someone? What would that look like if they had to hire someone full-time? That person doesn't necessarily have a full-time you know, slate of work, but they need to be there from nine to five to answer the phone if the office is open those hours. And then how do we, what do we price our services at so that it makes sense? So sometimes it can be that easy and that transactional, but I think, you know, in a lot of consulting type environments, it's more um, what the market will bear. And I think Oftentimes it's also the more senior you've, you've gotten in your roles corporately, the more you've interacted with consultants and understand that and can kind of have a, a, an idea where you want to be. For me, I always call friends, consultants, other people and go, what, like, what is, does this make sense? What makes sense here? Like, you know, um, and also ask the client what their budget is. And then, you know, right off the top, if it's going to make sense or not. That can obviously also help, help you make sure you don't take on work that isn't right for you. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Brian. And I think Lindsay, um, or just everybody like making this point too, that it is a bit too individually based on where you are at 
as a, you know, individual business owner, coach, consultant, like whatever service that you're providing and what experience you are bringing and the results, right? Like, I think there's a unique viewpoint and you kind of can get to that number through multiple different ways. I mean, from a coaching perspective, what I think is, I always consider is how many hours of actual coaching clients can I actually do in a week? Because it's a lot of energy um, that goes out. And also knowing that like, if I work with a client for, you know, like, let's say they join me for a VIP day or they join me for a one day program, it's very different than someone that I work with over three months or six months or potentially 12 months and help them in their business where they have, you know, like support for me, like they have Voxer support in between. They can ask questions. I review some of their things um, that they do in business for them and make recommendations. So there's a lot of like stuff that goes in and it's nearly impossible to be honest, to put on and say, it's going to take me this many hours a week or this many hours a month, because at the end of the day, every single person is in a different place, especially when it comes to some of the business coaching um, things. And there's a lot of energy that goes out and that is spent and space that are hold for people as they are pursuing, as they are launching their programs and services. So um, but one of the things, too, that I always suggest, particularly, and you can do that if you can do project work as a coach or consultant, is also to think about, right, like, ultimately, how many clients could you take on, really, ultimately? And what is your, you know, revenue and what's your income goal, right? Like, if your income goal is $3,000, right, then, you know, what, where does that leave you? That might be one client, right? If your income goal is ten or $15,000 that, you know, you might be looking at, okay, well, I need three or four like ongoing clients to be able to hit that. And if your income goal is to have, you know, six figure months or eventually seven figure months, then the math becomes very different, right? Like, I think that you really have to think about like, what's your capacity for clients? How many hours can you really spend on, you know, coaching or how many consulting clients could you have if we're looking specifically at consulting work? And then what does that, you know, what's your income goal ultimately? And what does that look like? And where are you comfortable would be the last layer I would add. Because if you're a coach and you have a coaching package, that's like a three month coaching package. And, you know, it's, I don't know, if you're like, I see people charging $10,000 for three months of coaching. So I'm going to charge $10,000. But if you feel like barfing when you tell a client your pricing, it's a complete turnoff. Like people can smell desperation. And I think we, like, I feel like we spoke about this um, a couple of weeks ago as well, but you really got to be knowing that that is the value of your product. Like if I tell someone my pricing, I'm like, that's what it is. And I know it's worth every single penny and they're going to get that investment back. But if you don't have that knowing, it's really tricky. I totally get what you're saying. And something that I started to move towards um, is not necessarily, it is a little bit hourly. It sort of combines the two because for the purpose of my services, generally speaking, when people want to talk about human resources, they don't necessarily know when the question is going to come up. And so what I've been able to provide now is, you know, I, I do take a look at my week 
And what I've started to sell is, okay, this three or four hour block is going to be specifically for this one client. This is what you get. This is this many hours per week. You're welcome to email me outside of that as in, yes, you're going to have the big question. We will always have a meeting during that time. That's our one-on-one time. That is when I specifically am working on your project-based things. And this is how much it costs per month as a retainer. And that's something that I created, which makes sense to them. Because again, in a lot of ways, human resources isn't always tangible. The projects, yes, as in you need an employee handbook or you need processing manuals, all of those things. Sure, it's a project. But when it comes to having the discussions and coaching, people have, at least my clients over the years, have had a harder time understanding the tangibility of that, which is why I, for them, put it in a block of time. And this is how much it is per month. So it does wind up becoming hourly when you do the math, I guess, but on a retainer base per month, absolutely to Teresa's point is how many of those clients can I take on? How much is, how many hours in my week do I have for each of them at that price? And that's what I've started to do. Yeah, that's certainly my preference too. I mean, from, as a consultant, it's, you know, retainers are gold, right? That's the easiest way to charge someone again, because you know, what's coming in every month, they know what they're spending every month. And you may go, it does work out to hourly, right? Like here's what you're paying. And it's roughly this many hours, you're going to go over, you're going to go under. And that, you know, as long as it's coming out in the wash, and it's not grossly one way or the other. um, I think retainers can be a really good way to do it. Yes, it does kind of go back to the hourly thing, but does anybody else feel like, I think there's a tendency, especially when you're new to consulting to undervalue yourself. Like I had a girlfriend recently go out on her own and she was like, well, I mean, I made like X amount an hour when I was an employee. I'm like, yeah, but you got to think of all the things that they're not paying for now. They're not paying for your desk. They're not paying for your medical. They're not paying all of your expenses. So, you know, I think there's myself, somebody asked me to do something the other day that was within, I mean, certainly within my realm of capabilities, but not a service that I offer regularly. And I had no idea what to charge. No idea. It was like a one day thing. And I called a girlfriend who does it more often. And I was literally astounded when she told me the number she charges for a day. I was like, you know, that's like four times what I was going to say to them. So, um, you know, again, (laughs) I just, I think we have maybe it's a, maybe again, I don't want to go down that path, but maybe it's a a female thing to undervalue yourself more than a male thing. Um, but certainly that is my, my downfall. Well, I'll, I'll say it's definitely not just a female thing, but I do think it's a getting started thing because the, the longer, um, and this isn't just myself, but from talking to a few others as well, the longer you've been in it and been doing it and get a little more comfortable and a little more stable with the, the knowledge and understanding that you don't just have to take whatever's there, but that you can be a little bit more selective, you then start to get a lot more comfortable with charging what you should really be charging. Yeah, I also think that that's VD. Um, there's a lot of fear, right? I think that also a lot what I've learned, like I've done a lot of like money work myself and a lot of time I spend removing money blocks with clients because especially at the beginning, people feel really awkward 
to ask money for their services, right? And especially, and I think the hourly thing ties in there, our logical mind comprehends, right? And I've had clients before on like a prospect call and they literally pull their cal their calculator out and they're like, so this like um, comes down to this much per hour. That was more per hour that I wanted to spend. And I'm like, cool, like, you know, you're not paying for my hour. Like, this is not how it works, right? And so I explain it to them. And I feel good about saying, you know what, that's awesome. Like, if you're not there yet, I understand, I appreciate it. And, you know, and, and sometimes I will refer them to people that are more in their price range right now. A lot of them are new coaches, sometimes they charge less. But I think that in our mind, we're like, I was paid $50 an hour at my corporate job or $70 an hour at my corporate job. So if I offer 10 hours a week, that's 700 hours a week, uh, $700 a week, right? So that's my services. But to your point, Lindsay, right? Like we forget that the time you spend marketing yourself, like putting yourself out there, the expenses, covering the costs, right? Like all these other things, we don't think about them because somebody else used to cover them. And, and I think this devaluing thing comes in because we're like, we're like, oh, if I make it cheap, then people will buy. But the thing is, you can have a $10 offer that doesn't sell. And you can have a $10,000 offer that sells, right? But the thing is too, that I find with sales it's the same amount of effort to sell someone on a $10 program than it is to sell someone on a $10,000 program. And I think that really sunk in for me when I was like, you know what? I don't want to have a mess. Like I'm one person, how many people can I really work with? And so by understanding where my blocks were around asking for money, when I like sort of minimized myself, right? Am I really worth that much? Like would people really pay six, $7,000 to work with me for a few months? You know, I had to get there and my pricing changed as I was ready to change. And a nice thing to do as well is to ask yourself, what would I be willing to pay? Like, what am I willing to invest? Like for coaches specifically, like how much would you pay a coach? Right. And if you're like, I'm not paying a coach more than a thousand dollars a month or more than five hundred dollars a month, then chances are you're also not ready to charge somebody more than that. And I found that that is a great way of, of looking at it. But totally, I think the minimizing it at the beginning, but we've never been told how to ask people for money. Right. And you see that even in interviews and, you know, People constantly like undervaluing themselves like significantly because they're like, if I ask for less, then I'll get the job, right? If I ask for less, then I get the client. And it's just, that is a, it's just not true. Like, I'm just going to say it's not true. Just because your service is cheap doesn't mean you get the job. You get the job because you're really good at what you do. You know, and, and Teresa, I think to that point, even, even clients will know they will even have that inkling inside of them with what I, I know the value of you, or I've heard of you. I've been referred. I know how, I know what I would like to get out of it. And they probably realize also to an extent, maybe uh, that they, they will understand. They also want to pay to have the value. So I think, you know, wrapping things up, I think some really key takeaways from everybody 
is Brian's point at the very beginning. Some of it could be fear. Teresa, you just said, like, let's all try to just ease into our comfort zone and confidence of what we know we're worth. And to Lindsay's point too, right, is that a retainer is a great way to live. There's no denying. So however comfortable people are with what they think they're selling and whatever their service is, I hope that this conversation has helped them uh, because it is a difficult topic, literally. And it's it's personal and it's sensitive because we're talking about money and we just want, we want to get it right and we want to live. <laughs> so that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for joining in and we'll be back again next week with another coffee chat. That's a wrap for another episode of Coach Lab Coffee Chat. Enjoyed this episode? Entrepreneurship can be lonely, so make sure to subscribe to Coach Lab Coffee Chat on your favorite podcast player or check us out at coachlab360.com.